Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Brands Tech. This episode will begin in just one moment, so please stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Brands Tech. How are you all? I hope that everyone's been doing well. So before I get into today's topic, I did want to once again welcome my guest for the day, Carl. Thank you so much for being here yet again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Brandon. I am excited about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. So today's topic that we have here today is, you know, Microsoft and, you know, and essentially their new role that they've taken on over these um, past few years. And so I am quite excited for this. This is one that in the planning stages for this podcast, I was just, I don't know, I was just like randomly overjoyed to speak about this. But then again, it could just be the research enthusiast in me. But first of all, how are you today? Um, I'm doing well. It's a, uh, right now it's a Sunday, a little late, but that's, that's okay. Um, I'm excited to get the, to well not not get this out of the way. I'm excited to talk about this topic, and other than that, it's been busy. Honestly, semester's done. Now I'm doing work, and it's fun, but it's busy. Yeah, that is very true. And so, getting right into today's topic. So, back in the 1970s, when Microsoft was founded by uh, co-founders Bill Gates and Paul Allen, you know, we really saw Microsoft at that point. Well, not me personally, but yeah, but back then, Microsoft was very much known, yeah, at least up until the 21st century, for being, you know, really, really involved in everything that they do. And, you know, no matter what, Microsoft's name was plastered on everything. Yeah. And enough where, you know, the government actually proposed to potentially even break them up because of how big that they were getting and the real control that they were having. But now in present day microsoft is a much different company like both functionally and you know purposefully and it's actually been a really intriguing you know progression to see even over these you know since the 21st century these past 20 years you know looking at the history of it but you know but before like really getting into describing some of these changes have you you know been paying attention at all to you know, Microsoft's progression over the past several years by any chance? Well, I mean, I think they're kind of going back slightly to that uh, kind of Microsoft takes a little bit of everything pie, but I think they're also starting to branch out and be more of a, I don't want to say service provider because that makes me think of uh, ISPs, but they're they're becoming more of like server farms and more of uh I, not not scheduling, um, like paying into a monthly service, and I think that that's interesting to me. It, 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 but a lot of things are turning that way, sadly. Yeah, and it's one that's really interesting. And just like you just said, Carl, you know, I think really thinking of Microsoft, a lot of the services over these past several years have gone from, you know, you just buy their service and you stick with it until you buy the next one. To, yeah. 
systems as a well software as a service where yeah. for example you just buy windows and yeah there's not like a windows 10 a windows 7 or whatever disk that you need to pick up you just run windows and yeah i think we really saw this when windows 10 launch where you know even devices that ran windows 7 and windows 8.1 and to extend to even windows yeah windows phone 8.1 you know, they all went ahead and got upgraded to Windows 10 and they still progressively update with a major update coming every half a year, give or take. Yeah, I, I, I personally actually remember that. I remember it was kind of interesting. I, I have an uncle who showed me that his computer, he was able to alternate between Windows 7 and Windows 10. It was really weird to me, kind of cool, but I don't I don't see the functionality. And I had a Windows 8.1 and I remember I, I actually liked it a lot. Just the way it was more of a, a weird mix between a phone and a computer. And then there were tablet and a computer because I had a, uh, a Surface. And then mm -hmm. I, we updated it. And I, it was kind of weird. It was a weird transition, but it was also, it felt like I was at home. That's really interesting to hear. And, you know, in terms of the Windows 10 update, I had actually had really like mixed feelings with it at the time. It was one of those things where I thought it was the right thing to do. But nevertheless, I never upgrade my personal Windows 7 computer, potentially just because I'm a somewhat of a history person. I like that <laughs> this is a Windows 7 computer and like I want to look back and like maybe like in 10 years do like a, hey guys, I'm reviewing Windows 7 again. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, But nevertheless, I was like, for any other computer except for that computer, I went ahead and upgraded. So I, I like Windows 10. It has had some nice little bugs at first, but but yeah, but I kind of like it. But nevertheless, we see that progression within Microsoft. And then even with Microsoft Office, you know, now with it with the Office 365 subscription where yeah. you know, every year you just well, every time there's a big update to Microsoft Office, you just get the updates. You don't have to go buy the the disk every three years that they do the yeah, their big new update. Yeah, I, I remember, I think it was 2016 or maybe 2019 was like the last, uh, not not boxed, but like named version of an Office program that was like, hey, it's Office 2016, Office 2019. I know, I mean, personally, I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I really dislike it because it's moving away from, hey, I have the disk Therefore, I own the license physically, and I don't have to connect to anything so it knows I, I own it in my hands. It's authenticated, all that. And now, now I have to go ask Dad if I can play it, right? I'd much rather be able to play it on my own and run my program on my own. Yeah, that is very true. And that last numbered one is actually Office 2019. Yep. And, yeah. And assuming that they're still going to go on the route they normally do, the next one would be 2022, I believe. 1920. Yeah, the next one would be 2000 Office 2022 if they were to continue with their normal progression because they actually progress every three years for Office. Hmm. Usually, anyway. But, but yeah, but I think that it's an interesting point that you had brought up, especially, yeah, as you've mentioned in this episode and previous podcasts about the physical media. You know, for me, I said, of course, like everything, I have mixed feelings about like, as much as I love like having a physical version of it, I like that for consistency purposes that you always have the latest version, you know, no matter which one you buy. And, you know, and I think 
Now, Microsoft does actually still sell it where you can just get, for example, just Office 2019, just Office 2016. I have personally used Microsoft Office 2007 for an awfully long time before okay. yeah, eventually getting 365. Well, but, you see, but they still sell them, but they make it incredibly difficult from my experiences to either authenticate or install them. They're always... because. I mean, let's think in terms of money They're, I mean, their entire thing, they have fiscal years, they're trying to get money, they're trying to make a profit, right? Their whole thing now is, I've seen it on both sides. I've seen it for the business side and I've seen it for the gaming side. Being a gamer, I've seen that they're, I mean, they've always had kind of a subscription service, but now they even have a bigger one that costs more money and offers more stuff. And it, I'm I'm not a fan of it. I've heard, I've heard whispers of... Uh, office going that way or it should be not office uh windows itself going that way and that would be frustrating to say the least well i know in terms of windows at least as far as i'm aware of is that windows 10 is indeed the final version of windows and so yeah and so as they've been doing since 2015 when it was officially released to public was that yeah you know, like i mentioned before every half a year windows 10 gets a big update so instead of having like windows 11 and 12 you instead just get periodic updates so eventually over time windows 10 will probably even like look and feel very different from how it did in 2015 i mean even looking at them yeah, yeah. right now 2021 and you know 2015 it's still a it's even a big difference there it's a little keep going sorry no, no. It, I was gonna say it's it's good and bad. There's there's two sides of this coin because on one hand it's uh you you have to continually there's a potential for you have to continuously pay, right? When we see that with Office right now, uh, but at the same time you still get incredible updates that make it even more secure and even better, even more refined and efficient, right? It's it's a weird mix. Yeah, that is very true and. And I don't think in terms of payment, I don't think that Windows 10, as far as I'm aware of, will, you know, will require any sort of payment or whatever. I think it's just yeah. a part of having Windows. But in terms of Office 365 and other services like that, you're right. It does include a, yeah, include a price tag. And I'm not the biggest fan of that, at least from the consumer side. But I do understand its practicality. And especially since all the competing services are... You know, paid as well. I think it's also that we're so used to, you know, just buying, you know, whatever disc set it is. In which case, prior to Free 65, I actually use the one that's like built in from, you know, provided by schools. Yeah. And my employer does as well. But, you know, in terms of prior to that, I had used 2007. And really, I think I probably used that until 2015. Like, that really says how long I had used Office 2007. And the point of it, like you said, is why upgrade if it works perfectly fine? I mean, sure, maybe with the next computer, but, you know, having that physical disk is really helpful sometimes, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird because they... I know, especially PowerPoint, I, I know I've had some issues with PowerPoint before where I've gone from making something on, a, on like a newer version, then I try to go back and play it on an older computer that's running an older version and it just doesn't load some of the transitions and all. And it's, it's frustrating, but most of it's kept intact. I mean, but anything that's made in those old versions can go forward, which is kind of, it, it, it makes sense and I'm glad it works, 
But at the same time, I mean, it just kind of further says, why do we need this this new stuff, right? I mean, most of it, if we think about it, it's just knickknacks and doodads and making it more efficient, really. That, that's all it is. I mean, everything that's been there has been there since 2007. I mean, I know I used I, 2007 on my big Windows machine I have here in front of me for a long time, and it still works perfectly fine. And what, like, I mean, and especially I know for, for me, when I was still in high school, I did this course that allowed me to get office certifications. And when, when I did do them, we always used Office 20, I think, 16. And that's what I have on my PC. That's what I've been using. But going to the new stuff, going to like Office 365, there's not really a big difference because it's the same, same everything, basically. All it is is new coat of paint and maybe a search bar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know... For me, I also am certified in both Word and PowerPoint 2016 as well. But, you know, I think, I don't know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I feel like it's, it's one of those things where I think Microsoft's going in the right direction. But at the same time, Microsoft had been one of the standouts to almost not be like as much in the internet age, whereas, you know, Ever since the 2000s, really, a lot of other services have switched to the software as a service model. But Microsoft held out for an awfully long time before eventually adopting that, which set the standard as we can just go do whatever we want with Microsoft stuff, which I think I think they were going more maybe for just the the older generation that wanted to keep their their hard disks and keep their version numbers and keep things that were just a single disk that ran everything perfectly. I think that's what they were going for. And now eventually we move, they move towards a uh, big transition to making things online and having a ton of DRM and things like that. Yeah. And actually moving a little bit from this as well. Yeah. I think Microsoft overall though, that their position has really changed in terms of, yeah, how they work with things as well, which is a part of the reason, yeah, I really thought this was an intriguing topic, is that, you know, Microsoft, you know, before they had been known for their proprietary software and for not working that well with others. But now, you know, Microsoft is known for the company that works with, you know, everyone, even if you're a former competitor. I mean, they're like willing to help out. And, you know, we have even seen, for example, Microsoft, you know, for a long time that they touted Internet Explorer as the browser of all times. And but then when they got a brand new browser, Edge, you know, I think actually Edge was actually a really good browser. I'm probably in the minority there, but, you know, but just two years. Well, yeah, just two years ago, they actually reformatted Edge based off the Chromium project Mm -hmm. of Google. So now essentially Edge and Chrome actually share a same base. And so it's almost like a reformat Microsoft Edge. I mean, Edge is currently now like a Microsoft version of Chrome almost. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting to see that. I, I personally think Chromium is really cool. It's, it's, I, I think that's cool because there's so many things that are based on it now. I mean, I'm pretty sure Opera has moved towards that way. Edge is that way now. And then we have Chrome. Firefox, I don't think is. No, they're not. They are whole, they Firefox, and this is a topic for another time, but Firefox is not 
going to do that for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but I, I think it's interesting that's that's happening. I, I actually really think growing is cool. But yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to see them do that. I mean, it's I think they're they're going towards more of a kind of unified tech. That that's the vibe I'm getting in terms of especially gaming. You know, what we we we're seeing now that in the past year, short recap, um, Sony, who has PlayStation, really doesn't like the idea of crossplay, which allows people to play on PC, Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PlayStation to play with each other. That's what crossplay is. Excuse me. Um, PlayStation and Sony really did not like that, and Xbox and Nintendo were like, "Hey, yeah, let's do it," and they got it to work, and it was completely possible. And then Sony just kind of held out for the longest time. I think that that mixed with uh, the fact that, like them wanting to work together and it make everything kind of unified. It's really cool. So then people, it, so then I don't know if it's, I don't know the full end game plan here though, because if we think about it, it's, it's moved away from like, Hey, we have an exclusive game. I mean, there's still that, that there, but I think it's kind of just having secured these customers. Let's keep them. And just kind of build up, build their own platforms over time. That's that's the feeling I'm getting from it, and I think it's cool. So my interpretation of it, look, which first of all, I really liked what you had to say, but my interpretation of Microsoft right now, their overall position, and to add on to other stuff that I'll quickly mention that they're doing is that even in terms of Windows Phone, one of the reasons that they dropped, well, not necessarily dropped Windows 10 Mobile, but made it. They didn't put any new devices out for it and said just let everyone migrate to whatever platform or choice that they want to go to, whether Android or iOS. But yeah, instead of pursuing that, they now have partnered with Samsung actually um, a few years ago. And so, you know, they have Microsoft versions of Samsung devices, such as all of the new phones that they have, which, I mean, it's not anything hardware difference. It's more so just like a Microsoft launcher on top of an existing Samsung phone and nice built-in baked-in features. And yeah, and other really great, yeah, other really great, you know, other, what's the term? Yeah, really great other partnerships that they've had with what normal would be competitors. In fact, they've even worked with the Linux project a lot now and doing and working to pursue a lot more open source stuff for the future. But yeah, as a whole, I would say that Microsoft standpoint, at least in my opinion, is that they want to follow their customers wherever they are and that they realize at now under CEO Satya Nadella is that they know very well who their customers are and what they're going to do. They know most of their customers are not going to go out and buy a Windows phone just because of Microsoft's name. They know that. They know that, you know, not everyone's going to go out and go buy Xbox. I mean, they know that they have a solid base, but they don't expect everyone to go buy Xbox. They know that. And so many other stuff. But for where their customers are, they want to do whatever they can to help, you know, help provide their services. So whether it's putting out, you know, whether it's putting Microsoft Office and, you know, out to all platforms or even the new Edge or even other stuff, as long as... So in in a sense, almost capitalizing more on their software side and instead of forcing everyone to use their own platforms, but rather 
help out other platforms with their own software. Yeah, so that, that all that is 100% true. Um, one thing I think is interesting, though, is that in the terms of gaming, I spoke about how Xbox has moved towards even a uh, subscription model for gaming. They've always had one since the early 2000s with Xbox Live, which is basically just you pay $60 a year and you get to play with friends and talk with friends and message friends online. Not that bad. And and now recently in the past, I guess, probably decade, they've added like every month you get so many free games, which is cool. PlayStation has as well, kind of. But they're moving now towards something called um, Xbox Game Pass, which is basically you pay, I want to say $15 a month. If I'm wrong, then that's going to be uh, Game Pass Ultimate. And you get access to a literal library of games and you just get to download them and play them and with the new features, xCloud X feature, you get to play it wherever you want. And I think that's interesting because they're moving towards, instead of a like all physical media that everybody's everybody was used to 10 years ago, they're moving towards that digital kind of just download it and play it. I think, I think that's cool. But again, it removes the, hey, I own this because I have a physical copy and a physical key, which... Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's almost like a very mixed healing thing. And that's the, I don't think there's really anything wrong per se, at least from my standpoint of, you know, not having as much physical media, but it's but physical media is my personal preference. But yeah. in terms of... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, I, I just said, yeah, I agree. But in terms of, you know, yeah, if I'm going to say like, Microsoft doing the wrong thing. I'm not going to say that because I think that they are going in the right in the right general direction. I just I just may not personally be a fan of you know missing the physical media, just like have you said yeah several times. But you know, but I think overall, I like this new position of Microsoft. It's very different than the Microsofts of the 20th century, that's for sure. But yeah, I'm interested in seeing you know how far they'll really go in terms of. You know, really going out and going out of their way to reach out to other companies and to make everything so cross-platformed and you know really saying that you know Microsoft's a supporting company and it's weird to even think that you know that you know even for me on my on my Galaxy Note 9 smartphone that yeah it's like this is as much of a Microsoft phone as you know even a iphone with you know microsoft products and not touting like a windows phone or something it's so shocking to me still to think that microsoft's gone this far especially with so much you know how far that they tried to go you know back in the early 2000s to really you know get their customers to migrate to their platforms but now they're willing and open to work with everyone yeah i mean the, the, probably the big the reason they did this move i would say is because in recent years we've seen the growth of these kind of subscription services and then i mean think about what do you pay for disney plus do you pay for uh netflix do you pay for what's it the special youtube thing right i mean no, nobody pays for that let's be honest but i mean it's it's there right there's so many services and as I believe we talked about before, kind of oversaturating the market, but that's a discussion for another time. I'm pretty sure we discussed that prior in a prior podcast. And yeah, it's interesting to see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious and I am partially scared to see how far they can take this. But that's just my two cents. Yeah, that is very true. And I think to wrap this up, though, 
Yeah, I think overall, I'm glad to see that Microsoft is at least you know, doing their best to at least reach out to other people. Because I think, you know, I think this is actually really beneficial for them because unlike companies, for example, Apple, who primarily only have their services actually cater to previous Apple customers and have a nice walled garden. Microsoft has done a whole 360 on their stances and actually allow other people to, you know, to use their services no matter what platform they're on. And so, well, even you, you bring up a good point. I think that the whole reason that they're doing that is to try to take that piece of the market because currently, you know, let's look at an iPhone, for example. What, what can you download on an iPhone? Oh. oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm asking. That's not. That's not a like. What 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 can you download on an iPhone? Well, for the most part, yeah, almost anything within a you know within the Apple App Store. But yeah, even then, like you've so many exclusive Apple apps that you can't get anywhere else. That really that, is made to draw everyone in. I agree with that. But where do you get them from? The Apple App Store. And that right there is one thing that's happening currently in court actually with um it's at epic games i believe yeah epic games and uh apple are having a big lawsuit over basically monopolizing their markets point is microsoft is kind of trying to also grab that piece of it because microsoft has always been more you kind of the the reins are a little a little looser in, on microsoft's toys and they're kind of letting that happen even more with, let, with working with other people because quite frankly apple's cutting their own people off from letting them do a lot and it makes sense why they are because of the uh customers that apple caters to but yeah that's my two cents yeah because i mean even thinking about that you know with all the apple exclusive stuff you know whereas you know i know that definitely keeps a lot of people from you know, from switching away, if you imagine if Microsoft were to do that, where you can only get, for example, if you only could get Microsoft Office or even Skype, you know, only on a Microsoft product, I mean, that'd be really detrimental towards Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And so with at least allowing for, you know, you know, for all of this cross-platforming, you know, and even, even like stuff that you wouldn't even have thought that they were going to do, like Edge, you know, and really allow it to be across every platform. Yeah, I think that this has really been helping them. And I think, you know, to close this out, I, I'm really interested in seeing how this goes in just the next even year, just to see how far they're really able to push this. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's just going to be an interesting story to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested as well. I think, though, the outcome of that one, one lawsuit and, and trial between Epic Games and Apple is probably going to have a big, big impact on basically everybody in the computer business. And, and I'm interested to see how far Microsoft will go with their subscription services and support, supporting and uh, their cooperation with other people. I'm, I'm interested to see. Hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully we can all have a piece of the pie. But uh, time will tell. That is very true. Well, thank you so much, Carl, once again for joining me here today. I always appreciate your presence. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Brandon. I love being on here and I love speaking with you. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll talk to you all later.